Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Joined now on the flagship podcast by uh, my man Randy Peterson, who has been with the Des Moines Register since 1972. This man has more knowledge uh, regarding all things Iowa State and all things Iowa uh, than anyone you can possibly find. One of the best writers, reporters, columnists, uh, informed analysis, I think, Randy is is what uh, you have on your 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 Twitter bio at Randy Pete. How you doing? I'm doing well. How about you? You know, you got some got some stuff going on down there. Well, I'll tell you what it's uh, it's never dull. Yeah, with these Longhorns, you think you know them for three quarters, and then the fourth quarter turns into uh, a bit of a cliff drop, but. Um, Let's talk about, there's a lot I want to talk to you about um, with regard to Iowa State, including the fact that you've covered, you've covered Texas's former coach, Tom Herman, when he was up there at Iowa State. A lot of guys have come through uh, Ames and, and now of course you've got Matt Campbell there. Um, You know, when you look at the, the sequence of coaches you've covered at Iowa State, um, is Campbell clearly at the top? Um, who would be second? Campbell's clearly at the top as far as far as as far as um, turning the program around, um, um, and, and turning the program around makes it sound like it's turned around from something, which it really wasn't. Um, as far as winning, as far as building a culture, that's certainly Campbell. But Dan McCarney is still is still very. Uh, He's got a special place in my heart. I mean, for personal reasons, obviously, for, you know, some things that happened when my wife died, you know, a few years ago, McCarney was, man, he was right there. I mean, that, that was awesome. And not, not that uh, Campbell wasn't, but, but McCarney was a guy that, that um, if he could on, on game day, he'd, he'd walk around the tailgate, the tailgate area and, and have a beer with you. I mean, with, with fans. Um, but uh, you know, and, and, I, you know, I'll always have a spot in my heart for, for coach Mac, but, but yeah. Um, but Matt Campbell, he's, he's done, he's done things with that Iowa state football program that I didn't think anybody, anybody would be able to do. Um, it started with, with changing the culture. 
I can't remember a kid in since he's taken the job in 2016 that's been in um, any kind of mischief with the law, for example. Not that it was a huge deal um, before Campbell got got the Ames, but but that's just the kind of culture. I mean, his players, a lot of the players are yes, sir, no, sir, when, they, when they're doing interviews, which is sometimes annoying, but that's okay. I mean, um, Brock Purdy and Brees Hall, um, especially, but, um, and the fact that, that um, they're winning or most of the, most of the time they're winning is uh, five and three. Five and three. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Okay. But when they lose, it's, it's, it's head scratching losses, but nonetheless, um, yeah, Matt Campbell's right is, is, is right on top. And, and it's one of those things that, and you, and you know, this, you know, this better than anybody. It's one of those things that, that, it, I don't know, at the end of the season or towards the end of the season, we start keeping our eye out for, you know, jobs that are jobs that are open and what dare I do at least and what jobs, I think would, would fit Matt Campbell. So, um, and we'll get into all of, uh, the, the football machinations and, and where those head scratching losses, uh, turned into head scratching losses, but Jamie Pollard, the athletic director at Iowa state, great hire. Obviously he's the mm -hmm. one who found Matt Campbell at Toledo, brought him, uh, to Ames and, and now he's got a new basketball coach, TJ, uh, Otzelberger who has been in Ames with, with Fred Hoiberg, with, uh, you know, Steve Prome. Um, what, uh, why is Jamie Pollard, you know, talk about the job he's done there and, and why he's been an effective athletic director. He's made good hires. I mean, that's, that's where it starts. I mean, for the most part, he has um, hiring Matt Campbell. He had Matt, Cam he had uh, his eyes on Matt Campbell for a, for a while before he, um, before he pulled the trigger on, on, you know, before, before he pulled the trigger on it, as, as did a lot of people. Um, Jimmy Pollard is, is a wonderful fundraiser. He's a staunch, obviously a staunch defender of, of the Iowa state program and the big 12. Um, he's, uh, he's a people's guy. I mean, he's, he's a fan's athletic director. While he's not always always a reporter's best friend, he's, he's uh, um, how do I want to say this? He's, we know that he's very good, very good for the university. He's a very good, when it comes to money, he knows how to, how to balance the checkbook, shall we say. They've, they've done um, massive improvements to the football facility since he's got here. I mean, they, they, they completed a 80 or 75 to $80 million um, new, new football building that just opened this fall, <clears throat> this fall that, that that's a sports performance center, they call it for all athletes, athletes across campus. And that happened, <clears throat> excuse me, that happened on Jamie's watch. So, and like I said, again, he's, he's a wonderful fundraiser. So, and he just happens to be one of the most tenured athletic directors in the in the country. Um, so, and he's well respected by by his peers. And yeah, I respect I respect him too. And we've you know we've had our words, just like we've had our moments, just like every 
reporter has had. You've probably had him with Del Conte. I don't know, but oh yeah, but, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But um, at the end of the day, I think we respect each other, and and uh, yeah, it's it's a, he's been he's been great for Iowa State. Well, you look at this, um, you look at this Iowa State football team. Obviously, came into the year as a as a top ten team. Um, went into that Iowa game as a as a that was a top ten matchup. Uh, game day, all the excitement, and then um, Iowa, you know, beats them by. I mean, controls the game. Brock Purdy throws three interceptions. What what happened in that game? Was Iowa's defense that good? Was Brock Purdy off? What? Uh, how did that game get away from the Cyclones? There seems to be throughout college football with a lot of teams in college football one opponent one opponent that that's that's got you figured out and kirk ferentz and his staff seem to have iowa state figured out and matt campbell's system figured out and it, the game is always early in the season and we all know how matt campbell's teams play early in the season if they win that's a bonus um, um because they're not playing good football for some reason in pre-October, they don't play good football. They get by and win most of the time, but it's it's ugly. So all that combined with with the four turnovers, and Brees Hall had gave up a, a, a fumbled and, and Iowa turned it into um, a, a scoop and score also. So for all those reasons, um, just stuff happens against Iowa. I mean, Iowa, Iowa is Iowa team, and I've covered I covered Iowa for a lot a lot a lot of years. I mean, I covered Hayden most of the time he was there, and I was with with Kirk when he got there and through most of his career actually, or at least half of it. But um, um, Iowa has always built its its reputation on defense, and that defense seems to um, seems to I don't want to say cripple Iowa State when they play, but but in every in, in the last three games, at least, Iowa State has turned the ball over at key times in, in those games. And obviously the four turnovers in, uh, in the game, whatever it was, in September, that was, that was a killer. Um, in that game, in that game now, in the fourth quarter, it was a 10-point game. Early, early, early into the fourth quarter, maybe on Iowa State's first possession, Campbell pulled Brock Purdy. Took him out, benched him, put Hunter Deckers in, redshirt freshman, hadn't played much, put him in. And he just, he just, Campbell noticed that Brock, his his head just wasn't right. There was just something wrong there. He, he did it from the, you know, watching him, did it from his interaction with, with Brock on the sidelines. And it, it turned it out, it turned out being a genius move by Campbell. I didn't think Iowa State was going to be able to get back into the game anyway. And would Campbell, after since Campbell has taken him out, it took bench Brock in that game, and he's started every game since. I'm as we all knew he would. Brock Purdy has been pretty darn good. He's he's been um, um, he's been very good. So so that that Iowa game just just got away with the with the four turnovers. Um, and, and Iowa was was good at that time, and now we've seen that they've they've kind of uh, um, I don't want to say come back to reality, but but they've they've lost a couple of games. Um, so yeah, it, it it's uh, it's 
there's this uh, dynamic there when 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 the Cyclones play the Hawkeyes. Well, and then there was the game in Waco, and now we know Baylor yeah. uh, is is a pretty complete football team in year two under Dave Aranda. But at at that time, it, that was a shocker, um, and and Baylor got out to a, a good lead or a good start, and then Iowa State started working its way back. Uh, what? How did that one get away? They had a Iowa State's defense played poorly in the first half of that game. And I'm not saying Iowa State didn't respect Baylor, but I think I think Iowa State was in or Iowa State was in this much the same situation as 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 I was. It was a first conference game. We hadn't really we hadn't seen Baylor this year. We'd heard they were going to be halfway decent, but you can't go on anything that happened in 2020. Um so I was excited. I was interested to see that game. And, and my gosh, Baylor was a lot better than, than what I expected. The quarterback was the type of quarterback that Iowa state has trouble with, like a lot of teams do a runner and, and a thrower. Um, Baylor's defense was, was rock solid in the first half. And it took Iowa state 30 minutes to make, to make a correction. And they did something in the second half. They tweaked, they tweaked the defense and, and, Came within I don't what was it thirty one twenty nine or something yeah. like that came in with came up you know came up just short in in you know in in that game but it was it was Iowa State's patented slow start. Well, and then um, and obviously they are the only team that beats Oklahoma State. Um, give me your thoughts on that game because it looked like Iowa State was was getting right. Uh, with the win over Oklahoma State, yeah, and, and that was that was a a very good game. I mean, everybody knew that was going to be that was one of the games that um, was circled on everybody's calendar. It, it, assuming that Iowa State was was the top ten team that that you know we thought it was, um, circled the Oklahoma State game, circled the Texas game coming up this Saturday, circled the OU game. And Iowa State, Iowa State players were were um, that game was in October, and Iowa State never loses um, in October, it, so it seems. Brock Purdy, they they call it Brocktober around here, um, you know, for all the right purposes. It's kind of cute. They've got T-shirts. I think those T-shirts will say something else on the front of them on Saturday. But um, um, yeah, and and Iowa State, Iowa State played well, and it, it was it's one of those it's one of those. So it was one of those games where um, everything clicked for the Cyclones. They, including including Iowa State, had to score two touchdowns on 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 one possession in that game. Brock Purdy threw a long pass to Xavier Hutchinson, and he long strided the last yard. And here comes the official's flag out of his pocket. Oh my God, what's this for? They call taunting. Campbell Campbell went off on the sidelines, but not as bad as we've seen him do it before because he got – I don't know whether he had a talking to it by somebody from the Big 12 or whatever after after the Oregon game last year. I mean, when Campbell ran onto the field and, and, and protested a call. But he's been somewhat subdued on the sidelines this year. At least he's not run onto the field this year. Um, but he could barely restrain himself there. They called taunting 
Um, and I guess by the, the rule of the, you know, if you change your stride, it's, it's showing up your opponent and he changed, you can watch the replay. Xavier Hutchinson changed his stride going from the, the one yard line, crossing the goal line. He changed his stride, big whip. He's not trying to know there was no Oklahoma state player within 15 yards of him. But anyway, they, they threw the flag, nullified the touchdown fourth, third or fourth down, whatever it is. Brock Purdy goes, Iowa state goes for it. And good for Campbell. I mean, he, he says, the heck with this. We're going for it. Good for Campbell. Brock Purdy went right back to Xavier Hutchinson for the touchdown. So that's that's the kind of game that that was. I mean, it was, it was, um, um, you know, Gundy, I watched Gundy on the sidelines. He he seemed like he was, you know, they were they were pulling every every trick they could they could get, but they could they had, but but Iowa State was Iowa State was just on that day, as very similar to the way Iowa State played against uh, um, Kansas State. Well, and then last week, um, yeah, it's a it's a shootout, um, you know, with West Virginia. Jared Dagey throws it all over the place, three hundred seventy yards, uh, three touchdowns, two one hundred yard receivers. We haven't seen the Iowa State defense mm -hmm. uh, give up that kind of yardage mm -hmm. and points. Um, what, what, what did you make of that game? Uh, West Virginia beating Iowa state 38, 31 in Morgantown. Neil Brown said before the game that, that they'd had that game circled since Iowa state beat them 42 to six or whatever it was last year. They had the score written and hanging in various places in the locker room. They went back and studied that film during, during the summer. I mean, analyzed it. Up one, up one side and down the other. They wanted to see what Iowa State did defensively against them. They figured it out. And on last Saturday, last Saturday, Deggie had a big game. I mean, it, it, and he was great. He was absolutely great. I mean, I was expecting, and I'd heard that, and I think the West Virginia people were expecting it too, for, for um, the Mountaineers to play two quarterbacks. Well, that didn't happen. I mean, they did, but the other kid got in for maybe one play. Diggy was just on. And, and what Diggy did was, and it's something that Texas, I'm sure, saw in the film, they they threw deep against against Iowa's corners, and they did it on the on the on the sides of the field, not straight down the field, but they did it on the along the sidelines. That they found where Iowa State is at least was weak on the on Achilles heel on that day was that Iowa State had trouble defending the passes along the sidelines, on along either sidelines. And the more that that happened, the more West Virginia did that. And that's so that's where Daigie got a lot of his yards. But that was it was a fun game. It was really a fun game to watch. I mean, Brees Hall on the third play runs 70 for a touchdown um, against a pretty good rush defense. West Virginia come back, comes back and ties it. Iowa State goes up 14 to seven. West Virginia comes back and ties it. Um, it was it was a very interesting game. Um, the bad thing was it lasted about eight hours because of all the replays. Um, but and I don't know whether you want to go here or not, but what the heck? Um, you're going to have that anytime you see have ESPN three games or ESPN plus games. I'm sorry. And I wrote about that this week. There were only three camera angles available for that game, whereas most games you've got you've got double digit camera angles and only it was and usually on one play of the camera angles. There was just one angle that that, that wasn't showing a referee or a player's butt. 
I mean, and that, and that was it. They had nothing. They didn't have any, any of the, the um, sideline cameras that are 10 feet above the line of scrimmage, you know, for, you could see over, over things. Um, yeah, it was, it, and I'm not saying that's why Iowa State lost. Iowa State played horrendous defense in the first half and part of the second half. But I think, I think it, it, it raised my curiosity about, about those ESPN plus games, especially when I found out that there were only three camera angles that they're yeah. looking at. Whereas, you know, in other ever games, it's, it's, it's incredible. So, um, but that's not why Iowa State lost. That was a maybe a contributing factor because all those reviews went against Iowa State. But Iowa State that that doesn't take away the fact that that um, Iowa Iowa State's only had two first downs in the first or two first three first downs in the first half, and two of those were on Brees Hall's seventy yard run and and pretty sixty eight yard touchdown pass to Tariq Milton. Iowa State just played poorly that game. Uh, let's take a quick break with Randy Peterson of the Des Moines Register talking about the Texas-Iowa State game in Ames Saturday night, 6.30 on FS1. We'll be right back. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Randy, um, you know, when you look at this Iowa State team, Brees Hall is now the Big 12's leading rusher ahead of uh, Texas's Bijan Robinson, who got stoned, uh, you know, stuffed by Baylor, 43 yards on uh, 17 carries. And, and so we're going to see the top two running backs in the Big 12. Uh, how would you characterize Brees Hall's season? Brees Hall started slow. He was hurt. He had some sort of lower leg injury, quote unquote, during the, um, during the end of the fall, during the end of fall. So he, he had, he started very slow. He had, I think it was 60 yards, something like, something like 60 yards against Northern Iowa, 60 yards against, against Iowa, very, you know, something along those lines. And we could tell that he wasn't himself. He wasn't cutting sharply. He wasn't, um, he wasn't shaking tacklers. He certainly wasn't out running. I mean, I saw, I saw Northern Iowa players, and Northern Iowa's got a very good one um, AA program. Yes, I still call it one AA one um, so AA program. <laughs> um, but they, but they had a couple times where, where their players were chasing him down from behind, and I'd never seen that before, never. And so we find, finally found out that Brees had been hurt, and he was he was still not one hundred percent, but. Um, since about the third or fourth game of the year, he, Iowa State went to played at Las Vegas, and Brees had a hundred yards in just more than a half. And then Iowa State won that game like two hundred and seventy-five to nothing. I don't know what score it was. It was bad, and and so I mean the starters didn't play in the second half. But but uh, I could see Brees right during that game starting to get some of his acceleration back. He was was running mad. He was running aggressive. Um, he was out running, out running um, opponents, and and ever since that game, he's been he's been improving. And I, I'm saying right now, he's 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 as good a Brees Hall as I as I've seen in his career. Not only not only 
running the ball, but but also um, coming out of the backfield. So he's he's playing in what I would say is is the best he's he's played throughout his career. Yeah, and you mentioned we talked about Brock Purdy um, earlier, uh, Xavier Hutchinson, and Tariq Milton. Talk about we know about Charlie Kolar and and the the tight ends still still there at Iowa State. Seems like I'm going back to Ames uh, for the sixth time with Charlie Kohler on uh, the Cyclones roster. Yeah. But just talk about you know Xavier Hutchinson and Tariq Milton uh, in that Iowa State passing game. Xavier Hutchinson has been the 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 guy. I mean, Tariq, Tariq Milton, he's he's got potential, but he's he's been banged up, and he just caught his first touchdown pass last week. In the in the in the West Virginia game, but Tariq or um, um, Xavier Hutchinson has been the deep threat, and and my gosh, he's made some wonderful catches. He runs great routes. He's got he's got a chemistry that chemistry with the quarterback with Brock that people talk about all the time. That it's like you're reading each other's minds, and I, and that's the way that's the way it it uh, it has to be. Um, I'm sure Ellinger had that that same rapport with. But some of his receivers been around, you know, he was around those guys for, for a few years. But when Brock's running around, running around the backfield, being being chased, it seems like Xavier Hutchinson knows exactly where to go. And it's not always where you think, not always right out there in the middle of the field in the open area. He sometimes just breaks to the corner of the end zone and Brock somehow sees him out of the corner of his eye and just and lets it go. I haven't seen an Iowa State receiver in a long time as good as Xavier Hutchinson is on the, the toe tap on the, on the sidelines, catching the ball just before, just before going out of bounds. Um, so, yeah, I, I, he's made himself into um, certainly a, a, you know, a third at the worst, a third, a third day uh, or a second day draft choice in the NFL. He, um, he certainly is, is, I would say contending for, for an all big 12 uh, receiver receiver position as well. This kid's good, and 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 more importantly, Brock Purdy has confidence in him. When you look at the Iowa State defense, I mean, so many returning starters and and key players. Um, you know, Mike Rose. Uh, you got uh, Eisworth and and Will McDonald. Talk about that Iowa State defense, where it's well, Will McDonald. I mean, the guy what tied for the nation's lead in sacks last year with 10 and a half. He's already got seven and a half this year. Let's start with Will McDonald. He needs one sack to break Iowa state's career record with, I don't know, however many games, many games remaining. And I'm guessing after the season that he'll go out. Um, it, it's just a guess. I mean, he's, um, they call him double or, or double Mac um, because he's getting doubled all the time. And, you know, good, good defensive ends, good defensive linemen. They all do. He, he can, he sheds those, those double teams. And he's certainly a, a, a if he's not sacking a quarterback, the quarterback knows that, um, that he's there. Interestingly, Campbell, Campbell was recruiting him a while back, a few years ago, and, and was watching video with the, with his football coach. And they were, they, they were watching, Will McDonald play a basketball game, and at that point in time, Campbell was wondering: Is this is this kid a basketball player or a football player? And so, Campbell talked to the head coach and and 
talked to to Will McDonald. Will McDonald said, Coach, I want to play football. And he hadn't played football a whole lot in high school. I think he started his maybe his his junior year. So this kid is still this kid is still learning, but they certainly the so far I haven't seen anybody block him consistently. Yeah, I mean, he is a he is a disruptor. Um you mentioned the the corners. Is that where Iowa State is vulnerable, if at all, on defense? Yeah, that that's that's where they're that's where they're vulnerable. Um, I, I, I I'd be remiss if I didn't say that Mike Rose, his situation. He didn't play last week. He's got a he's got some kind of a nerve situation going on in his neck. He warmed up. He warmed up before the game. I mean, he was on the field doing you know doing toe touches and, and, you know, all that stuff that they do and, and going through the drills with the linebackers. Cause he is, he was the, what, the big 12 defensive player of the year last year is a preseason all American, um, a certain draft uh, for sure draft pick after, after this season, he didn't play last week because of that, that nerve thing. He, I would say missed him big time. They missed him immensely. I think he's going to play this week. I'm pretty sure he's going to play this week. But um, all he did last week was just watched, watched. But but and and I and I he's the he's the glue that holds that defense together. If somebody's not sitting at, not in the right spot on at at the time of the snap, he'll get him he'll get him lined up correctly. If there's a cornerback or a safety that's not he'll look that's not lined up correctly, he'll get him he'll he'll do his best to get him to get them lined up. They missed him not only. Um, you know, from the from a run standpoint or a short pass standpoint, but from a but from a all around defensive standpoint. Now the corners, they got they got they got torched a few times, and like I said, that um, West Virginia did it with with passes along along the sidelines, and and West Virginia made receivers made wonderful catches of, of passes that that only the receivers could catch. I mean, it was it, they those passes were so pinpoint diggy I, I talked to people who seen him play a lot and they had never seen him play like that before um so yeah the corners the corners were were a bit out of uh out of their zone on that day um and open field tackling also was left something to be desired which that could come into effect saturday with Bijan. um so he could uh you know i i know he'll he'll i know he's probably I, i've heard that he's had trouble getting I've heard that he hasn't got as many yards up behind the line as 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 normal, but his yards are going to come around on toss sweeps or, or whatever now, and certainly that's Iowa corners are going to have to be vigilant of that. Um, Randy, what about special teams? Uh, I know that was a problem early last season uh, in terms of a problem early. You talk you 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 talking about drop kicking kickoffs? That's a problem. <laughs> I mean, it's not like a kickoff. Oh my gosh! My man, yeah. my man, Connor Asali's not uh, kicking field goals anymore. What's going on with the Iowa State special teams? They've got a guy from Fordham who didn't even play last year because that conference, whatever it is, they didn't they didn't play. Andrew Mevis, um, he's a he's he's a hit. He entered the transfer portal as a, as a kicker, and he did all three things at at at, uh, at Fordham. He kicked off. He he kicked field goals and he punted and he's doing all three right now. He is he's actually punting right now. Um, this kid is, is good. 
I, um, yeah, you're right. Asale has, Asale occasionally will kick a short field goal or, or a PAT, but Mivas is the guy. Um, he's got, he's got a couple 50 yarder yard field goals. I would, I don't know for sure, but I, I'm guessing 75, 80% or more of his, of his kickoffs go out of the end zone. Um, Iowa State led the nation last year in kickoffs returned. Kickoffs returned. So that was something that, that Campbell needed to to um, get done. And, and now Iowa State fans don't hold their breath anymore if it comes down to a field goal, which it did last year against Oklahoma State, for example. Um, or, um, you know, if Iowa State needs to be wary of a, of a kickoff return – of a kickoff return, the ball most likely is going into the end zone. Although Iowa State has had a couple of long kickoff returns, including the Baylor game, but Andrew Mevis has been has been marvelous, and um, his brother kicks also kicks at Missouri, and he's got a couple fifty yarders this year. So that's 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 uh, that's quite a family. Yeah, but Iowa State fans no longer have to hold their have to cover their eyes when when the kicking team is on the field, at least. Well. What do you think? How do how do you think this game plays out on Saturday night? It's a great question. Um, um, I don't. I'm not certain that Bijan is going to get a ton of yards against Iowa State because I'm guessing if Iowa State's def, if Iowa State's defense is right, it'll be it'll they'll they'll do a good job. I think uh, against the rush. I'm not certain. Um, Brees Hall will get a ton of yards. Um, Brock Purdy could have a good day, but it's, it's, I don't know. It's, I think it's, man, this sounds cliche, but, but it could go down to that last possession. Um, but I, am keeping my eye on this one also. Hasn't it, hasn't Texas had three 11 point with three double digit leads in the second half. Iowa state's played its best ball in the second half. So I guess that may be something to, to keep eyes on, but um, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a great game. I, I, I really do. And, and I, neither team has a, a ton to, to lose. I mean, obviously the game, but I think both teams are way on the outside looking in as far as the um, conference championship game, Iowa state's not even, Iowa state's not even bowl eligible yet. Um, so, and they've already played Kansas. So, yeah, I, I think I think it's uh, it's a big opportunity for both games for both teams, and and uh, um, I, I I I don't know. I I would not be shocked if it went down to the last play. Weird well, things happen in Iowa State versus Texas. You know, it's interesting. Um, a, a few players at Texas said the most difficult place to play in the Big Twelve is in Ames, and and now it's Ames at night. So, and it's going to be cold. <laughs> and it's going to be cold. Um, what kind of atmosphere, especially with Texas and Oklahoma heading to the yeah. SEC, um, what kind of atmosphere do you think we can expect? Texas, our Iowa State fans know Texas is leaving the Big Twelve. Um, they certainly know that. So, yeah, I think it, I think it will be every bit of of um, you know what Texas has heard already. They've heard chants from from what I've heard, especially from the um, the good Baptists at Baylor, from what I understand. Yes, they did. Uh, <laughs> um, and now there's a monkey Halloween. Yeah, now, now they're yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, 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 that's a great point. 
I was looking on social media today to see if anybody's having any monkey shirts made. Um, um, my daughter. You can't this make this stuff up, Randy. No, I know my daughter. This is a way aside here. My, I got a daughter. She's a high school English teacher here, here in the state of Iowa. And she texted me late last night and she said, is this stuff true? She didn't say stuff, but she said something else we won't say right now. Is this stuff true about the monkey? And then I texted her. I texted her. What was her name? Pole Assassin. And uh, I don't know the monkey's name. The monkey have a name? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Gia. You're right. You can't make this stuff up. And she texted back and she said, you can't make this stuff up. But, um, yeah, I, I. but Iowa State fans are and It's a 630 game. They'll be juiced up. They'll be oiled up. They'll be all ready to go because it's supposed to be in the 60s in the afternoon. So when they start tailgating and start getting all wound up, they'll, they'll be, they'll be pretty, they'll be ready to go. Now I just hope, and I sincerely mean this, I hope it's, it's, it's as respectful as, as, as that stuff can get. I hope it's just t-shirts and, and uh, you know, things like that, which I suspect it will be. Um, I understand from what I understand, Texas hasn't faced really any exorbitant abuse on the road, on the road this year. And I, I'm assuming the whole Texas program expected to get the kind of um, what they're getting and they'll get it next year too, if they're in the conference, which I suspect they will. And, and I suspect 2023 will probably be the, the first year they play in the SEC, but uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a lively crowd. Um, it'll, it, and it is usually at night games anyway. Um, but uh this will be more livelier than usual. Well, Randy, really appreciate the time. Great conversation. Um, I'll see you in Ames on Saturday night. Wear layers. Wear layers. Well, <laughs> All right, Chip. Hey, thanks, uh, thanks to thanks to Randy. Thanks to everyone for listening to the flagship podcast. Uh, for Randy, I am Chip Brown of Horns, twenty four seven. Until next time here on the Flagship Podcast, stay safe and keep the faith. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.